Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Get something handy to take notes. You're about to hear my one of my best friends, Jay Bear, drop some knowledge bombs in this. I mean, this interview, it's it's epic. And, you know, in true Jay Bear style, he delivers a ton of value. But I think the biggest thing that I want you to watch for, and of course, AJ and I will do our full recap of this, you know, just here on the next episode, we always will come back and recap. But the thing I want you to watch for going into this is the, the major paradigm shift that Jay presents, which is about thinking like a media company and why personal brands and influencers need to think more like media companies and then exactly what the implication of that is and what that looks like and how it is. But I'm telling you, this is going to light you up. And if you've never heard Jay, I mean, he's he's one of the masters. So you're going to love it. And hopefully you'll come back and listen to the debrief, the recap that AJ and I do on the next episode. But get ready, lock in, and we'll get started just after this message. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. There are people that I bring you that are experts. There are people that I bring you that are clients. There's people that I bring you that are friends. Jay is first and foremost a friend. He is first and uh, next an, an expert that I learn from. Um, truly one of the people I think I've learned the most from in the space of all things digital marketing, digital reputation, uh, personal branding. He is the New York Times bestselling author of six books. He is one of the original internet pioneers. He's owned and sold several agencies. He's a Hall of Fame speaker and MC. Um, he speaks all around the globe. Um, his new book, talk, his newest book, Talk Triggers, is all about um, kind of like word of mouth marketing. He's been doing, um, kind of innovating the space of customer experience and customer service in a digital world. Um, but the book that he originally wrote that changed my life, which I absolutely love, we give it to all of our clients um, that come do strategy days with us is Utility, why Utility, why smart marketing is about help, not hype, which was the number three New York Times bestseller. Uh, I don't know what else to say, he gets 250, thousand unique visitors every month he's got uh, millions of people following him online and email and he's just a freaking awesome dude and a great dresser so welcome to the show jay bear thank you very much rory for that kind introduction too kind at least 51 percent of those things are true which is uh, true enough for the summit <laughs> yeah exactly so 
I was trying to think about what do I really want to know from Jay Bear? What do I think people want to know? And I think the thing that I want to dive in the most, there's a lot of directions we could go, but I think the thing that a lot of our clients struggle with is once they get clear on their positioning and their messaging is then the content management, just like the muscle, the day in and day out grind of like, how do you make it all work? How do you pull it together? Like for you personally, you've been doing this for years. So would love to hear that. You know, there's a great quote that you told me about being a media company one time. And, you know, I shared a lot when I go out and speak. So I'd love if you could talk about the mindset of a media company and, and then let's just kind of dive in there. Yeah, I think I'm fortunate in some ways in that I worked in, in media before I got into digital in this regard, right? So I worked in television, I worked in radio, I worked in newspaper, I worked in magazines. And so thinking like a media company sort of came naturally to me. And when I started this firm, Convince and Convert, 11 years ago, I started a blog. And I'd never had a blog before per se. I'd written a lot of magazine articles and columns and things like that. But I literally had zero followers, and zero readers. And then I convinced my mom to start reading. And that was a big win. So <laughs> then I had one. Everybody starts with their mom, right? And then uh, after that, hopefully you grow from there. And with Rory's tutelage, uh, you can do that. But I said, look, you know, I have some ideas. And if I just keep producing content that people find value in, eventually, good things will happen. And I still, after all these years, I still really believe in that. I think the biggest problem with personal branding is not lack of brand clarity, although that's certainly an issue. I think the biggest problem is lack of patience. You know, especially in the world that we live in today, people feel like, well, hey, you know, I've got this, you know, swell Instagram account and I've been killing it on Instagram for four months. How come I'm not a millionaire yet? You know, and it's every day, every day, you got to keep showing up. You got to keep showing up. A brand is built on perspiration, not inspiration. And every time I hear people say, well, I didn't get a chance to do the podcast or I didn't get a chance to write the blog post or I didn't get a chance to do whatever other, you know, the video, whatever content is in their wheelhouse because I just wasn't feeling it today. That's when I know they're not going to make it. I can tell you right now they're not going to make it. Because if you ever say you just don't feel like it today, that means that you were driven by inspiration and your audience doesn't care if you're tired, your audience doesn't care if you're hungover, your audience doesn't care if you're sad or busy or distracted or anything else is going on. What they want is to learn from you each and every day. And so I'm actually kind of bad at, at brand consistency. Like I need this summit as much as anybody. I don't have a very clear sense of exactly how I fit in the marketplace, partially because I get new ideas a lot and I get bored of old ideas but the one thing I am good at is delivering value every day. And I feel like, look, I'm not in a hurry. And as long as you just keep building one brick on top of another, eventually you got stairs and then a wall and, and that's it, man. You just got to play the long game. So why I want to talk about value. I mean, that, that's something that you said that really stuck with me, which I think is a huge part. It'll be interesting when we get a chance to do a deep dive on what the Jay Bear brand is all about. But I think it will be somehow probably connected to that last sentence that you said. So funny you say that. You know, you know David Newman, our, our, our mutual friend David Newman, terrific speaker and, and uh, speaker trainer. He sent me a note just today and he said, I really enjoyed your session at the National Speakers Association. Uh, he said, one thing I tell everybody is that you're the king of value over delivery. And I thought, kind of like that. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Give them more than they expect, right? And, you know, it's sort of like five guys. When you go to five guys and you get French fries and they give you like 400 pounds of French fries and that's a small order, you're like, damn, man, that's a lot of French fries. And that becomes their doctor. It's actually one of the case studies in my book is that, and when I, I interviewed their CEO and he said, if people, I love this, he said, if people are not complaining about too many French fries, then I've not given them enough French fries. Oh, wow. And that's kind of how I feel about content, right? If people aren't like, like the other other day, Jason Hewlett is another Hall of Fame speaker, tremendously talented individual said to me, I don't know if I've ever gotten so many emails from one person, but I read every email you send. And I thought, well, there you go, right? If you just keep delivering value and you over deliver value, then you got some, it's not a very sophisticated personal brand, but I guess it works. <laughs> well, I want to talk about what you mean by value, because I think a lot of people don't understand what that means exactly. But why, I want to first ask you about why every day, like, why not I mean, an Instagram feed, it's always there, right? Like a blog, like your archive is always there. Your YouTube yeah. channel, your podcast, right? They're all archived. Like why the everyday part of it? Yeah, and I want to make sure we're clear on this. I don't blog every day, but I do something every day for sure. And my take is that the atomic half-life of a piece of content especially digitally, continues to shrink. So yes, of course, you could go back and look at blog posts from two, three, four, ten 10 years ago, but that is mathematically rare, right? Typically what happens is people find the newest thing you've done, they consume with that thing, and they might go back and look at the, the two or three more recent things. But generally speaking, you have to continue to, to kind of feed the top of the funnel, and then some of those people will fall out the bottom as, as subscribers. But I think where, where folks get in trouble is they feel like, all right, I have quote unquote made it, so now I can take my foot off the gas and, and only create things on, on a you know, every once in a while basis, and there's a lot of other people out. I don't care what your personal brand is. There are a ton of people that want to do or already do exactly what you do. And more of them are coming. And if they are publishing something every day and you're publishing something once a week, eventually that's not going to work for you. Yeah. I don't remember if you said this or you inspired it, but I've, it's always sort of sat with me where it's just like, I want to become a part of their either daily routine or their weekly routine or the rhythm, just like the, the morning news or the evening news. I think you were talking about being a media company. It's like the yeah. news comes on every night at nine, whether there's news or not. Right. Yeah. They're not like no show today. <laughs> you know, yeah. they'll, they'll make something up. Right. They'll, yeah. And That's we right. want to kind of do the same thing. Right. We want we want to be in their the rhythm of their life. Yeah, you want the audience to be able to, to set their watch, right, and tune in, which is why so much of the work we do with clients and, and a lot of the things we do for my personal brand are, are, are revolved around shows. So you've heard me talk about being a media company. Where we've evolved that to is that there are three types of shows in your content strategy, right? You have binge worthy shows, which is a higher production value program where people can sit down and, and watch, you know, 11 episodes of the, of the YouTube show or, or listen to five podcasts in a row. It is, it is a binge worthy production. Then you have what we call one-time shows or special shows, which are typically deeper uh, kind of heavy thought leadership programs that, that you're not going to do on a regular, regular basis, but maybe monthly or every other month. So we do a lot of research reports at Convince and Convert. And those are sort of our one-time shows. We just did one 
went on the 50 best hospitals in America and, and ranked all of their social media programs, one through 50, right? That's a big, deep 30-page report. That's a kind of one-time show. Think of it like the Emmys or the Oscars or the ESPYs in a television world. And then you have your regularly scheduled programming. Regularly scheduled programming or everything else that happens on your TV network, you know, between 8 a.m. And, and, and midnight that may not be like a hit necessarily or may not be an award show, but it's still on the air, right? So that's your blog, that's your Instagram stories, that's your Instagram videos, that's, you know, maybe some other little short form things that you're doing. It's, it's all the other things, the ligaments, if you will, that your audience can kind of tune into and, and have an affinity for. So if you think about like A&E, right? So A&E is a television network. Their number one show far and away is Walking Dead, right? Walking Dead uh -huh. is, is their binge worthy show, right? That's the tent pole. Okay, so as a personal brand, you have to have a tent pole. Maybe it's your podcast, maybe it's your video show, but th that's the thing. That's the hill that you will die on, right? That is your binge worthy show. That is Walking Dead. Then you've got your one time shows, which for AE might be, um, you know, special event or award show. Then you've got the regularly scheduled programming. So, Rory, AE is on 24 hours a day, okay? The, the network is on 24 hours a day. Name another show on AE, right? Other than Walking Dead. 23 hours a day is another show, right? They're still on the air and they're still selling ads, right? So you've got to have some other stuff. And sometimes I find that what's happening today in personal branding is that people have the tent pole, right? They've got like the, the signature podcast, the signature video show, but then they don't have the regularly scheduled programming. And the reality is the way algorithms work today, you can't live on the tent pole alone, right? You, you can't. And so you've got to have the other stuff uh, as well. Interesting. That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. Just again, like a media company, the way that they would approach it. And I think that's kind of what's happening, right? Is like now there's so much power moving away from companies and organizations and, and media like enterprises to the individual and individuals are stealing attention. And so individuals are having to like think in that way and produce content and operate and all that. I want to go back to the value thing now for a second. Yep. What does that mean to deliver value? Because because here's what I see a lot, right? I see a lot of pictures of myself, like personal branding. I think a lot of people think personal branding is pictures of yourself. I think no matter what your personal brand is, there's probably a place for that. Of course, but, yeah. You know, on some level and, you know, different things. Like it's different if you're a fitness model or you're, you know, coaching CEOs or whatever. But like, what does value really mean? What does it look like? Here's the way I think about it, Rory. Everything you create can either teach the audience about you or teach the audience about them. And I feel like if you can teach them about them over and over and over and over, mm -hmm. eventually that is worth their time. Because that's all, that, that's all value means, right? Like, here's the thing. Relevancy is the killer app right now. Relevancy is the only thing that matters. That's all that matters. Even Instagram models have to be relevant in the way that they are relevant, right? It has to, because time is the only inelastic resource, okay? Everything else you can do more, right? You can push harder, you can, you can borrow money, you can, do it, you can do lots of different things, but you can't create time. However, relevancy actually creates time. And here's what I mean by that. If you create content that doesn't actually help your audience, doesn't make them better in any way. It just is, look at me, look at me, look at me. Eventually, your audience will tune away and just stop participating in that. 
And what happens, and I see this all the time, is that people think, well, you know what, they're not, they're not tuning in anymore because they don't have time. They're too busy. The audience is too busy to, to engage with me. And that's not true. It's not about being too busy. It's that what you have given them does not actually benefit them. And I know this is true because when you give somebody something that really generally helps them, again, going back to the utility concept, something that actually improves their life in some way, the time necessary to consume that content is magically created, right? Somehow they find the time if it makes them better. So where I am actually terrible at personal branding is I'm actually, I don't do enough of the other side. Like I don't, I don't do enough of the, let me tell you about me. I actually take that equation and probably swing the pendulum too far just around value, value, value. But I feel like if I'm going to pick one, I'd rather pick the one that helps them as opposed to the one that pats myself on the back. Yeah. And that is such a simple concept, but I think that's the part that utility just like nailed like square dead on forever which was like the whole like marketing is just being useful. It's like by teaching them, you are selling to them. Like you are marketing. They'll sell themselves. They'll sell themselves, right? If you just answer every question and help people with what they want. That's why the sort of ask me anything is, is one of the greatest marketing opportunities of our age, right? Just turn on Instagram TV, turn on YouTube live, turn on LinkedIn live if you have access and just answer questions. Just do that all the time. And eventually your people will sell themselves. Do people need to be worried about giving away too much? Like, no, no, they should not be worried about that. And I'm glad you asked it because I get asked this question almost every day. And here's why. And look, I get it. Like if you've, if you're a thought leader and you've got some, some magic potion, you're like, Hey, I don't want to give away the secret sauce. I got a couple, couple pieces of information for you. One, your sauce isn't secret. I've been doing this a long time. I've been in this business for 30 years. I'm disproportionately youthful looking. It's the soft lights. <laughs> and I will tell you this, that almost never is the sauce actually secret. You just don't know that everybody else is saying the exact same thing that you're saying. Mm. Uh, you probably don't really have, you know, something that's differentiated that much. And B, more importantly, a list of ingredients doesn't make somebody a chef. And one of the most important lessons I've ever learned in business is this. If you have a potential customer for whatever it is that you do, information products, consulting, actual products, it doesn't matter. If you've got a potential customer who is thinking to themselves, self, I could either buy this thing from world-renowned expert and nice guy, Rory Vaden, or I could listen to Rory's podcasts, go to his summit, read his blogs, and then I could figure out how to do it myself. That's not a customer you want. Because if they think it's that easy, if they think a list of ingredients makes them a chef, they will never be entirely happy. They will always be looking for a way to get out of whatever relationship you have brought them into. I don't want those customers. Their money is no good to me. I want people who want to be educated and inspired by what I give away and then say, wow, that's great. To take it to the next level, I actually need Jay. What I always tell people is the goal for me in personal branding is, is so simple, Rory. It's take everything you know, and I mean everything, and give it away one bite at a time. For you free. Give, for free. You give away information snacks to sell knowledge meals. What you sell is the assembly instructions, right? You're giving away the pieces. Like think about Ikea furniture, right? Okay, Ikea could literally give away 
all the pieces and sell the instructions. <laughs> That's a good example. They could just they could just they could say, come over, get whatever, get whatever shelves you want for free. We're gonna sell you the assembly instructions. That's the business they should be in. It would take no storage. Uh-huh. Well, gosh, that's such a, and that, IKEA is such a great example because they have so many parts. But the reality is anybody who teaches something, there's so many parts. One, one of the things we've started saying is people don't pay for information, they pay for application. There's that's information right. everywhere. It's the yeah. application cool. part that's valuable. And no matter how much you teach on your podcast or in your YouTube show or on your Instagram live, like, they still are going to need that assistance. And what I've never really thought about is what you just said is the person who doesn't believe they do, you don't want that person anyways. That's right. Uh, it's, not, it's not a valuable customer. It's, it's never going to be a profitable relationship and it's never going to be a frictionless relationship. So, well, there is one exception to that, which is, I think you used this example years ago. I heard you doing a, a keynote and you were talking about like Home Depot, you know, using all these videos, like the DIY videos. Yeah. But then what happens is the moment that person tries to do it, it's a good thing when they try to do it themselves because they stumble about two steps in and go, what the hell? Like, I need to hire somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, you you could go to YouTube and learn how to cut your own hair too. And I guess what? You're going to do that once. (laughs) <laughs> right that's gonna be, and then you'll and then you're gonna have massive loyalty with your salon person right like that's just the way it is yeah that's a great example that's a that that is a great real life example and i think i think people do get so so scared of that all right so a couple other things related to this what about production value like mm-hmm. how much it, it's interesting it's, it's like you know, I, I see back and forth like, no, I just like, you know, no makeup, turn on the thing in the morning, go live. That's what people want to see. But then, you know, I see Jay Shetty mm-hmm. like producing these freaking amazing video. I mean, they're like mm-hmm. little freaking movies and they're, mm-hmm. they're amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm going, okay, well, that one seems like a, a lot of work, you know. Yeah, it is. So what is it both? Is it neither? Like what is it's, it? It's circumstantial. So a couple of things. One, production value is to some degree dictated by platform, right? So there are certain places where production value is going to matter more than others. But I think even more so, production value is dictated by the pre-existing relationship you have with that audience. Mm-hmm. So when, when people just turn on the camera and go live and they're sort of being real, and I'm throwing out my air quotes here, um, they can do that because their audience is already part of their tribe. And so the audience wants to have that, that, that faux intimacy uh, with, with the thought leader <laughs> that, faux intimacy. that is sort of conveyed by, look, I trust you guys so much and we're actual friends to the degree that I don't even need to put on makeup. That only works if you're low funnel, right? You're already a customer, essentially. If you're going to just try and create customers and try and kind of get on people's radar, you're probably not going to do it just let's go live, turn on the camera. Because then people are like, who is this person? Why can't they shower? Whereas, <laughs> right, if you're trying to sort of cast the broader net top of the funnel, production value matters. Now, all of that being said, as more and more people become more and more comfortable and confident, frankly, with creation of digital content in all forms and facets, audio, video, voice activated content on Amazon Alexa, obviously blogging, Instagram, Pinterest, the whole jam, right? As the sort of net average level of comfort goes up, production value will also go up. 
So if you're not on a regular basis, and I would, if it was me, I, I, I would look at it quarterly or at least twice a year. If you're not looking deeply into your own work and saying, how can we increase production value without messing up sort of our overall unit economics, then, then you're probably getting left behind. It's like there's the content value, but then there's the production value. Yeah. And, you're, and it's like the content value, you're pushing to be more useful. The production value, you're pushing to be like more in entertaining or engaging. Yeah, I mean, look, when there were 50,000 podcasts, you could just do a show, right? And it'd probably find an audience. Now there's 750,000 podcasts. And a lot of very professional audio talent and companies are, are doing amazing things. So, you know, it's not as easy to just turn on the microphone and succeed, and, and nor should it be. Yeah, well, again, it's like, think like a media company, right? Like it, it's, you know, you can't live by your cable access TV show for, you know, look at, you know, you can't be Wayne's world forever at some point, like, hey, let's get a real camera. Yeah. So how do you manage it all? All right. So let's, let's come back to that kind of a yeah. thing, right? So you go, okay, well, freaking geez, it's Instagram and it's not just Instagram. Now it's Instagram, your feed and your live right. and your TV and yeah. your, and, and uh, you know, so now you've got all these mediums and you've got multiple mediums inside of each medium. Yeah. And then you have your own crap, your own website, your own blog yep. and your podcast. Like what, you know, like how do you personally think about it? Like the mindset of it? And then mm -hmm. also like some of the tactics maybe related. To yeah. So, so we think about, as I mentioned it from a, from a show's standpoint, right? So what are the tent pole productions? I have a podcast called Social Pros, which is one of our, our biggest uh, productions. I, I until recently had a video podcast, uh, sort of a YouTube show called Talk Triggers. And, and so those are kind of the tent poles. And so each time we create an episode, we do all the things that, that you teach and you, you know how to do, Rory, where we downsample all the content, right? So it starts as a video and from a video goes to a podcast, from a podcast it goes to a transcript, from a transcript it goes to a blog post. And then we create, you know, five or six or eight or 15 million teasers for each platform for stories and regular Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn, et cetera. Now we've got an amazing production team on the back end that, that helps me do all those things. So my responsibility is to, is to create things that people believe are, are beneficial or somehow helps them live their life better or, or build their company. And then we'll execute all the different things on the back end. But it is tricky, especially because we've been doing this now for a long time, to not only keep doing the new thing, right? So what's the IGTV strategy, but to also maintain success with the old things. Because we have a, a, a large and, and successful blog, right? So even though fewer people read blogs than used to in a lot of ways, we feel like we have to still kind of continue to do that because we have such a presence there. So that does become a real challenge for us. What I always tell clients is, hey, if you're going to add something new, you got to get rid of something, right? Because again, time is inelastic. You can't just make yourself spend more time because then you're robbing from something else. But I don't take that advice. <laughs> My own company, we just keep adding, <laughs> we just keep adding more things, unfortunately. Uh, so so uh, this is sort of the do as I say, not as I do portion of the program. Yeah, well, I mean, that's an interesting question, right? Is this is like, do you go all in on one environment, like one medium, just all in, like, this is my place, this is my thing. If you want me, you go here. Yeah. Or yeah. do you go lots of fishing poles in the water and let's go, let's go fish in every social media outlet that is everywhere? Yeah. I think the answer is in between, Rory. I, I think you want your tent pole show to, to be resident somewhere, right? So it's a YouTube show, it's a podcast, it's a LinkedIn video show. Like it has to have a home. 
And that's where that con the content is designed for that home. That's where it lives. That's the first place it's posted, et cetera. But, but then you can use other platforms, Instagram, what have you, to either tease it over at the home or sort of do greatest hit. So like what we, my podcast, we do about 45 minute episodes. The show is audio, but we use Zoom and we record the video because our team then takes each episode and creates a five minute video highlight reel of the sort of most interesting things that were said in the podcast and that goes on YouTube. Then we create a two minute video, right? And put that on LinkedIn and Facebook, right? Then we have a one minute video that goes on Instagram, right? It's not a video show, right? It's an audio podcast, but we're, but we're trying to fit the, the individual pieces into the places where they make the most sense, right? I think where, where people get messed up is like, okay, we've got this one thing, now let's post this one asset in eight places. That doesn't work right? It just doesn't work. People don't want the exact same graphic, the exact same thing in, in every social network because people have expectations for what an Instagram story feels like versus a tweet. And you can't just copy and paste across the board. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, yeah, that's just such a puzzle to like be in all those places all at once. Like you said, you got to have a team. Yeah. Like you have to have a team. There's like, there's no way to be really doing this. It just, just takes time, right? And that's why you need to be really serious about your tentpole show, like whatever is your main production, like you've got to realize to do that well and to grow an audience, you're going to have to spend like real time. And it's not even the time making the thing, it's the post-production time downsampling it and, and putting it in all these places so that it has um, exposure in, in a lot of different social networks. That's the trick. I mean, to some degree, I think YouTubers have it easiest because YouTubers don't necessarily have to promote in other platforms, right? If you, if you have a successful YouTube channel, typically because of the way subscribers work, you don't necessarily have to be promoting your YouTube channel on Facebook. Now, as a matter of course, a lot of people do, but, but you can kind of live in that YouTube environment. I'm not certain that's what I would want to do, but you can. That's, that's probably an advantage in some ways. So you're just saying because, because YouTube so actively pushes the content out to the subscriber base? Right. Yeah. And it's kind of a self-contained universe, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you, people go to YouTube for a reason, which is I want to go find this particular piece of content or I need to learn how to cut my own hair or, or what have you. People go to Facebook to waste time, right? <laughs> they, go to, they go to YouTube because they need something, right? There's a, it's a much different psychology. And so if you've got, if you're successful in YouTube, people are coming to you, right? Uh, Facebook's a little different. Okay. So what's next? Like, well, like when you look ahead and you go, I think one of the things that I love, you guys do so much research, you put out amazing stuff. For those of you watching, Jay primarily and his team primarily work in like kind of the corporate market. They're helping big companies like create their, their social and word of mouth and customer experience strategy using digital. So they're very sophisticated, but like you're always got your pulse on, you know, yeah. what's coming. So like if I'm looking for the next wave that I can sort of like ride, what, mm -hmm. what should I be looking at? What we call dark social. So dark social is uh, also sometimes called conversational marketing, all the different ways to interact with your audience that, that still use a lot of the same technologies that we're familiar with, but, but are private instead of public. So things like uh, Facebook Messenger bots and, and WhatsApp and all those kind of technologies, even group texting and IMDMs, yeah, Instagram DMs, like all of those kind of things where you're saying, look, we're going to take a smaller group maybe of, of uh, a few hundred or a few dozen and sort of say, look, you're in my, in, in Rory's super special club and in Rory's super, super special club, we send you something really amazing every day on Facebook Messenger or on WhatsApp or what have you. That, that kind of messaging application driven interaction is going to be huge in the next year.
is that automated like the kind of chatbot sort of stuff like messenger bots is that can be or it can just be a different way to distribute and interact uh, with with your audience but it's sort of the like the behind the scenes interaction yeah. that's it that's it. That's cool. Yeah, and we're already seeing a huge shift in, on the brand side um, from a customer service perspective. So as you know, I wrote a book called Hug Your Haters, which is all about social media customer service and, and customer service on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, et cetera. What we're seeing now already is, is a, a reduction in people using those platforms and instead using DMs and Messenger and WhatsApp and, and those kind of things, which, which changes a little bit the nature of customer service because it's no longer in public. Now, public it's, yeah. now it's in private. It, right, same same platforms in a lot of ways, but in private. So it's a big, big shift, and you're going to see it really ramp up probably by the end of 2019, as Facebook has announced that they're going to try and combine WhatsApp and Messenger and Instagram DMs into one messaging platform. Uh, that's that's their stated goal. In which case, we're going to see some real changes in uh, a lot of the things that we're talking about here in this amazing summit. So one other kind of last technical thing. What about the voice activated? Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of buzz going around around like the Alexa mm -hmm. and like, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. What does that mean for a personal brand? Like, what do I have to do to get my content to be accessible there? Or like, what, you know, like I, there's a disconnect for me in yeah. my head between like my Google home bot and what that has to do with me getting my personal content out there. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a terrific opportunity for, for personal brands and thought leaders. I'm working on one right now where, where you take your content could be a podcast. So obviously it's a voice activated device. So audio content works amazingly well, could be a podcast, could be a blog, could be some combination therein. And it's, you know, Alexa, ask Rory what's new this week. And you get Rory giving you the weekly tip for, for improving your personal brand. I mean, it, it's not terribly difficult to program. It works really well. And for people who say, hey, it's just kind of a small niche thing, I'll give you a stat. Today, as we're having this conversation, there are 126 million smart speaker devices in the United States owned, right? So that's Amazon Alexa, Google Home, et cetera, 126 million. Now that's a big number, but it, it's hard to do big numbers without context, Rory. So I just want to let you know there's 90 million dogs in wow. the US. Wow, crazy. And nobody ever says, hey, that dog thing's a niche, right? <laughs> so, so there's a lot of speakers out there already, uh, you know, and, and it's just going to go up and up and up because it's such an efficient platform. Do you have to actually upload your audio content somewhere or can you- A couple ways to do it. Yeah, well, so, so think of a voice application or, or a skill is what they call it in, in, in Amazon. Think of a skill as like a website CMS, um, content management system, right? Where, where you have to upload something and it can be very easy. If you just take a blog post and upload it to your Amazon skill, you say, ask Rory what's new. Here's what Rory says and you get the robotic voice, right? And, and they will literally read the content to you. You read the blog post. Or you can take an MP3 file of you using Rory's voice, reading that blog post or some other tip, and then upload the MP3 file. And then when you say, ask Rory what's new, you actually get your voice, which is pretty cool. So, so at that point, it's almost like podcast on demand in some ways. So there's actually a, an, like you actually have to go to Amazon and take an MP3 of like your podcast and upload it. It won't just pull it from like the iTunes directory or something. You can set it up as, as a feed right? And say, okay, each, each period of time, grab the new file and you can build it like that. Yep. 
but you have to go set that up somewhere in Amazon. Yeah, you have to you have to build the skill, right? You know, you have to actually create it, somebody build a mobile app. Now, it's not terribly difficult, frankly, especially for something like that, which is ask Rory what's new, but you do have to build it. You can't just like press button and it's and it's live. We're not quite not quite there yet. Okay. So that's Amazon and then also for Google, I guess are those those are the big ones. Yeah, Amazon and Google are the biggest. Amazon's about three quarters of the market. Google's about a quarter, give or take, right now, which is interesting. The the new trend also is that more and more of these devices have screens. So they look like iPad minis, right? And and that's interesting too, because now you can do more with video, you can do more with photography. So it may not just be voice, it may be voice plus some other stuff. And it's a whole new way to interact with your audience, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Man, every time I talk to you, like my mind is, is blown. And, and there's also a part that makes me feel like I'm so far behind, even though in reality, I know like even having this conversation means we're pretty far ahead of the average group out there. But that's the curse of doing all big corporate work, right? Like, you know, the challenge for me as a business owner is I've got a whole team of incredibly brilliant strategists who are far smarter than I am at these kind of things. But our clients are super smart too, right? So we have to get like smarter and smarter because our clients keep getting smarter and smarter, right? So it's the challenge for, for all people on the, on the sort of custom high dollar big company consulting space, right? It's, uh, you can't ever sit still. Yeah, well, I follow Convince and Convert, I, the blog, and I follow you and, and uh, you know, I agree that it's like there's so much content and even though it's not targeted to our personal brands, it's like social pros podcasts and stuff. It's like if you're going to think like a media company, it helps to like learn from the people that big companies are learning from, which is you. So where do you want people to go if they want to kind of follow your journey and plug in with, you know, what you have going on? Yeah, thanks. Uh, jbear.com is my personal brand site, jbear.com. And then as Rory mentioned, convinceandconvert.com is our main site, Convince and Convert. We've got 5,500 free articles at this point, thousands of podcast episodes, videos, all kinds of free guides, downloads. You, you it's can at least probably, a master's degree. I mean, it's, it's at least a master's degree, degree for sure. Master's degree. For sure, yeah. Last little thing, just more of a curiosity question. You know, there's a lot of people that teach social media. Like there's yeah. a lot of people that teach marketing. Like there's, yeah. you know, on and on and on. Somehow you have stayed in the game a long time and been at the top, like just even your personal brand, the people have yeah. you know, followed you. Why do you think that is? Like, what do you think it is that has created the staying power of, of the Jay Bear personal brand in, in a, you know, a fairly crowded market? Place? Yeah, it's, it's funny you ask that because I've, I've been thinking about that a little bit myself recently. Uh, some of the people who were in social and beyond digital. Your good, beyond your good looks and your crazy suits, of course. Yeah, maybe it's the suits. I, you know, when, when a lot of people who started when I started, kind of my contemporaries who were just kind of coming into social digital when I started are out now or largely out, right? They took a job, you know, corporate or they started to do something different or they just, you know, they just don't, not there anymore. They're certainly not um, kind of doing it full speed. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if it's, um, I mean, partially because I just won't rest, right? Like, even though we've had some measure of success in this business, I treat every day as if we haven't. And especially in a field as competitive as mine, I think you almost have to have that mentality. So, you know, I, I've been in startup mode for 30 years. And I think that certainly helps. There's a level of 
urgency and a corresponding lack of satisfaction that I think continues to drive me and my team. Also, I have a team. Like a lot of people who who started when I started were, were trying to do it themselves or themselves plus a VA. And as we've talked about, it's it's really difficult to continue to scale that way, right? You're, you're going to burn yourself out, right? We have 15 people now plus another 10 or 15 kind of in our orbit. So we've got like a a factory, right? And that makes it a lot easier to sort of be more places. And then I would say the third thing, Rory, is that we've been so fortunate to have so many amazing partners and sponsors and and companies that have partially underwritten my content or or things that we've done together or joint ventures that I don't have to carry all of the water myself, right? So, you know, if we do something with Oracle or Cisco or Salesforce or some of these other big software companies and, and I'm going to do a webinar with them, well, they have a huge audience, right? So, so their audience is being introduced to me as part of our programming and, and, our, and our partnerships. And that really helps also. And I think that's something that, frankly, everybody who's interested in building a better personal brand needs to think about. I'll tell you two things that are true. One, everybody in the world is your competition, because attention is the only commodity. Everybody is competition. Rory is your competition. I am your competition. On the other hand, nobody is your competition. All your competitors are, are just people you haven't done a partnership with yet. And if you actually live by that philosophy, if you say, what, who can I partner with today? Not just a transactional affiliate relationship, but a true partnership. And you think about who can I partner with next over time, that's gonna do you wonders in the sort of lifespan of your personal brand. Wow. Well, that is a punctuation uh, exclamation point, I think, to end this on. I think, Jay, uh, it's you are so consistent to delivering value every single day, and you've done that for so long. You've certainly done that today um, and over-delivered, and we just, we love you, man. We appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you. I feel just lucky to have you as like a friend and a mentor. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, honored you took the time here. And I'm, I'm excited to hopefully expose a whole bunch of people from the personal brand world. Too. Yeah, let's do it. It's awesome. So thanks, brother. Thanks. I appreciate your time. That's all we've got for this edition of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Hey, one thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in either iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us on social media and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. Thank you.